Welcome to Ask Theocast, answering your questions about theology and the Christian life. To send us your question, please visit us online at asktheocast.com or call us at 615-212-9212. Hey guys, Patrick here, and today on Ask Theocast, I'm going to be answering the question from Dave that came in to us about whether or not how we use our gifts affects our condemnation or approval before God. This question came up out of the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, where we read that a master's going on a journey. And before he goes, he entrusts three of his servants with some money to steward while he's gone. And when he comes back, the first two servants come to him and they've done business with that money while he's gone and they've turned a profit. They've, they've doubled that money and they're commended for it. But when the third servant comes, we find out that he had uh, simply buried his talent and brought it back. And he's condemned by the master who calls him wicked and lazy and then has him cast out into the outer darkness. So the question is, does this mean that our, our standing before God is maintained by how well and faithfully we use our gifts? And I think a passage that answers this for us is 1 Corinthians 3. And there Paul talks in verse 11, he says that there's one foundation that's been laid, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. And on that foundation, we can build lots of things. There's some things that we can build on it that are valuable and permanent. And then there's these other things that are temporary and really pretty much worthless. And whatever we build on there ultimately gets exposed at the last day and it is tested by fire. And some of it lasts and, and passes through that fire. And the rest of it's burned up. But the key thing is that the last, the last verse there in verse 15, Paul says that even if it's all burned up, the one, as long as the foundation is Jesus Christ, that man is still saved, right? So if our standing before God is in any way contingent on our faithfulness with our, our gifts or, or anything, our faithful obedience in any way, we're doomed, right? We will never be faithful enough. The only standard that scripture gives us for, for faithfulness is perfect faithfulness. We will never use our gifts that well, not perfectly, so if we need to do that to be all right with God, uh, we're damned. But that is not the case, right? Our approval before God is one fully, only, and completely by the finished work of Jesus. We cannot add to it, and we cannot diminish its sufficiency by anything that we do, any faithfulness or lack thereof, right? So that being said, what does the parable actually mean? So the, the key to understanding the parable of the talents is to not get obsessed with the talents and not get obsessed with the work that the servants did, but to look underneath that to the motives. All right? We're not given a clear picture of, of the, the first two servants' motives, so I think we can imply those from the third servant's motive, because he talks about why he buried and hid his talent, and he goes to the character of the master, and he says, I know you are a hard man, that you that you reap where you do not sow. So his description of the master is of somebody who is harsh and who steals, who takes what isn't his. His, his perception of the master is one that provokes fear. And, and does this sound like our God? Our God who gave up his own son to redeem us from sin and death. It doesn't, and it's not. And that's the key thing here, right? The problem for the last servant wasn't specifically what he did with his talents. It's the fact that he didn't know God. He did not know God. He did not know a redeeming God 
who graciously saves a people for himself. His perception of God was all law. And because of that, he was terrified. He was paralyzed. He couldn't move forward in any productive way because he was so terrified of of doing it uh, the wrong way, right? That he couldn't take any steps forward. By contrast, you see the other two servants who don't seem to share the same opinion of the master. We don't have explicitly how they see it, but they are not afraid to go out and to do business with their talents because I think they understand who the master actually is, that he is gracious. He's a good, gracious God whose riches are not limited, who doesn't have to take what isn't his because he owns everything. And because of that, they are free to go and to use the talents, to, to steward what has been given to them without fear. And because of that, they, they live the way that they live because of the way they see the master, right? Because they actually know him. Whereas the servant who's cast into outer darkness, he's cast into outer darkness, not because of what he did with the talents, but because he wasn't, didn't actually belong to the master, right? And his view of the master is what kind of gives us the lens into that. So I hope that's hopeful. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to Ask Theocast. If this has been helpful to you, we would encourage you to check out our weekly podcast. To learn more and to download our free ebook, visit theocast.org.